Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, Cassie Schrader, Ralph W. Basham, the Hackmaster. <laughs> Was that a pretty good impression? He's wandering around there somewhere. He he'll be right back. He'll be right back. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at Walzer.com, and he goes, Hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, having some problems with the engine. Uh, do I have any coverage? So... I called the Honda store, we looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Wow, wow. Wow. I'm just to around the house go. What song is this? This is uh, Bon Jovi, It's My Life. Yeah, it's busy. Oh, yeah, that's right. New one, right? Is that a newer one? Uh, I think it came out in the oh. late 90s. No, it's not new. Early 2000s. Yeah, it's a newer one. So it's newer so, for Bon Jovi. No, no, I'm, yes, th I'm thinking it's My from... House or The House <laughs> or there's some, some other thing that he started his concert with here. I can't remember. Something like that. Yeah, oh, he did. Sure. He did one of those deals. Bon Jovi, turncoat from New Jersey, but he's a huge Patriots fan. He and Robert Kraft are, are big-time buddies. So uh, backstabber to the New York Jets and the New York Giants, but don't worry about him. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> They'll be okay. Is, they'll be okay. Is Janine ready to go? Nope. She's not. Don't know oh, where okay. she is. I have a question for you. Well, if she calls, she calls. Exactly. Um, she could call for the second second part of the hour, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I, a question. Uh, is it Adela Schicker? Is that how you say her name? Adela? Tomorrow? She's on tomorrow at uh, 1250? Uh, or 1235, excuse me. Adela. It looks like Adela. It looks like Adela. Sure does. Does Adela know what her last name means in Yiddish? I know. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, I... Schnicker? Or no, Schicker. Sh Schicker. Yeah, sorry. I was You know what shikker him. means in Yiddish? What? Mm -mm. A shikker is a drunk. Oh! <laughs> that's really nice. Her name is Adela Drunk, yeah, basically. An and he... Interesting last name. <laughs> it really is. 
Maybe that's where it came from. Maybe though. it's not Yiddish, though. Maybe the Jew. Maybe the Jews uh, knew a guy named Shicker, and he's a big drinker. So after that, everybody who was a big yeah. drinker was a Shicker. <laughs> that's right. It could be, that's right. or or her great great grandfather was a big drinker, and he got the moniker, and, that, and all the people after that were Schnickers. Oh God, that's funny. No, Shicker. It's Shicker, not Schnicker. Oh, Schnicker. Oh, that's right. Schnicker. No, it's not Schnicker. It's Schicker. Yeah, Schnicker is the can. Whatever the hell what? it is. It's, it's, I don't know. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm completely lost. That's all I know. Um, this morning, it was interesting on the KQ Morning Show. I was talking about uh, uh, Catherine and I last night watched the first hour of the new movie. It's called The Last Laugh with Chevy Chase. And Richard Dreyfus is in it. Uh, it's an hour and 40 minutes long. We watched the first hour. It gets really slow in some parts so it's not very slow it does so it's not something you'd sit down and watch from start to finish i couldn't anyway it gets too slow in parts so we're gonna watch the other half maybe tonight or something (laughs) but i was commenting whether it's the uh the kaminsky method which is you know michael douglas and alan arkin uh or it's chevy chase and richard dreyfus netflix I, i was talking about this in the very first break this morning in the kq morning show that Netflix is very, very smart because they're appealing to all demographics. The days, and I really wish television and radio would understand this, the days when you went by demographics are over. You cannot tell who's listening to the radio or watching television under the age of 40. It's nearly impossible to tell who that is. They have to make it up. And here's an example of what I'm telling you. In one of those medium, I won't say which one, (laughs) but if if you're 30 years old, and your wife is 30 years old, and you have a, 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 a baby who's four and another baby who's two, they count that as four listeners in your house. Mm. How insane is that? There are so few people under the age of 40 listening to the radio that they give babies credit for That's listening to the radio. kind of dumb. Well, are they thinking... The only thing I can think of is people who have babies are buying stuff. Well, Lots of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I, but they would have no idea how old your kids were. No. Or if you had, you know. Well, I, if you have, they know you have the kids. It's just you can't give credit to listenership to a two- and a four-year-old. Sorry. No. Uh, they can't buy anything. The problem is is because it's, I guess, easier to do, but a lot of ad agencies will only go by 18 to 49 for television and 25.54 for radio, and that makes absolutely no sense. So I was just congratulating Netflix this morning on doing a great job appealing to all age brackets. They have programming for people of all ages, which is very smart. Yeah, the Gracie and Frankie one, too. Yeah, yeah. That's... So they're appealing to an older audience with, with a lot of their stuff, which is very smart because that's where all the money is. But uh, about 9 o'clock this morning, John puts up a story. Now, I did this at about 5.50 this morning. Nine, about 9 o'clock this morning, John puts a, a story up. Netflix announced its biggest price hike yet. Oh. Apparently, oh, it's working. Yeah. Catherine, how many? It's been seven years now I've been going around to Chicago and Los Angeles, I mean, Las Vegas, excuse me, doing these speeches about you're going to have to reset the bar. Mm-hmm. Because the one you have now does not work any longer, and you can insist on keeping it forever. But the 18 to 49 demo has pretty much ruined broadcast television. Yeah, I would say that's true. I mean, you can't, you can't apply old algorithms no. to new technology. Nope. You have to change with the times. And for some reason, some companies, some corporations just can't get that through their heads. No, they can't, and they won't. They just, oh, it's all, it's all, well... That's what happened to Sears. Sears is now out of business because they had that. We're going to appeal to the people who buy stuff at Sears. Well, you no longer knew who bought stuff at Sears because you went under. One of the biggest corporations in the world once owned the tallest building on earth, the Sears Tower. At the time was the tallest building on earth. And now you're bankrupt and out of business? Well, they owned Chicago. They did, yeah. It's very, very true. It stole the idea from Montgomery Ward, but, you know, that's what I'm sorry. You know, they... If, if you know, I, they can't learn that lesson from YouTube. When YouTube started, was it 15 years ago? If you right. go, if you go on YouTube, you can watch a a topic specific video on mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. and many times there might be four or five series on that. So if you want to say, I'd like to listen, I'd like to watch some uh, uh, TV shows or you know little presentations on uh, uh, cruising the South Pacific in a 50-foot catamaran. There might be three right. or four like that. Or you might say, I would like to watch uh, 
I'd like to watch some just some videos on uh, the ring cycle, Wagner's ring cycle. They're there. It's a, it's a click away. So appealing to a, a, a specific audience and specific to a demographic is key. Absolutely it's key, Tom. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely key to going out of business for Sears. I know yeah, that. Sure. Here, first of all, here's the problem with, with – and I'm, I'm talking about Sears because I really can't talk too much about – I can't talk hardly at all about radio and ratings, but I can talk about television ratings because I'm not in television. Uh, but so, but I just use the Sears model because it's, it's the same line of thinking. This is the way we've always done it, so we're to continue to do it. Right. And it drove them into bankruptcy because they wouldn't change with the times. Now, if all these ad agencies can insist on that on 18 to 49 for TV and 25.54 for radio, they're both going to go out of business. I'm just telling you flat out, they are both going out of business because, Andy, would you say now it's 40 and under, don't watch television or listen to much radio? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so if you're going 18 to 49 for television, you've got nine years where maybe some people are watching television. That's a good way to go out of business, and, and broadcast television is in big trouble. Well, you drive around and you see these gigantic buildings that used to be owned by a newspaper. Yeah. All these properties are owned by newspapers, and now I don't even know. I, I mean, I know maybe five people that get the mm -hmm. newspaper. Well, and what happened to them? Once again, they ignored digital. Uh, what the hell is that thing called, the want ads on digital? What's it called? What? Want ads oh, on uh, digital. Yeah, Craigslist. No. Craigslist. Oh, Craigslist. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Craigslist came along, and they ignored it. What they should have done is purchased it and shut it down or purchased it and used it. Instead, they ignored it, wiped out all of the want ad money for the newspapers, which was the number one source of their income. Right. You cannot stay, oh, we're just going to stand steady with how it's always been. You do that, you're going to wipe out your business. I'm mm -hmm. just telling you, and I, you know, we've been talking about this for seven years now. You better move ahead because all of the money in America is owned by people over 54 years old. Yeah. And they don't even matter anymore. Well, I think that some radio companies have been kind of get, getting on the bandwagon with podcasting a little bit. Yeah, that's true. They're not, yeah, they didn't true. do it fast enough for sure. No, about, they did they're not. About four, they're about four years behind what they should have done. Yeah, four or five years, that's true. Yeah. But you can go so many, so many examples of how newspapers got wiped out by Craigslist because of the want ad money, the help wanted and all the rest of it. Uh, television's getting wiped out because they insist on, and again, it's not the television stations themselves. It's the advertising agencies that insist 18 to 49 for television is the way to go. When for that type of television, it doesn't work. And again, if, if everybody over 55 has all the money, why wouldn't you want to appeal to them? That nobody's ever explained that to me ever. Uh, an example. No, one of you, was it one of you or was it somebody on the KQ morning show? Have, have, a, have a relative that's like 75 years old, and he wanted to buy a new car. And it, wasn't, it was not in Minneapolis, St. Paul. It was in another market. He went into a car dealership, and nobody would come over to help him. They kind of uh, looked at him, oh, he's ageist. an old guy. He's just, you know, mm -hmm. he's like lollygagging and looking at cars, blah, blah, blah. But he, he, nobody came, nobody approached him at all. Uh, and he just kind of wandered around. You guys know what I'm talking about? So was it on the morning show this was talked about? Must have been. It wasn't. I don't think. Morning it was show. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is interesting. So, a seventy-five-year-old guy walks into a car dealership in another market. Nobody comes over to help him. Nobody pays any attention to him whatsoever. He just wanders around and looks at all their cars, and he goes up to a salesman. He goes, "Could I see the manager?" He goes, "Yeah, absolutely." So the manager comes over. He goes, "How can I help you?" He goes, "I want to buy that car and that car." The guy said, "Okay. Well, how'd you like to arrange that?" He said, "I'll just pay cash." <laughs> You ignored a guy who was going to pay cash for two of your cars. Well, and, and he ended up purchasing from someplace that ignored him. He should have gone down the road. Yeah, really. I think that's what he eventually did do. Yeah. Because the, I think the manager kind of went, oh, is that right? You know, kind of lipped off to him even more. So he went down the road and bought him somewhere else. You can't do that. 75-year-olds are not the 75-year-olds of your grandma and grandpa's day. Right? Right. That, right. That's very true. Absolutely. Far more vibrant, yeah. vibrant and far more... Uh, integrated than what you might expect. Far less polio. Absolutely. A <laughs> lot less polio. There's hardly any polio left, thank God. But I, I just think we, we, need, we, we need to not do what the newspapers did. We need to not do what happened to television. We need to not do what happened to Sears. 
we need to pay attention to the changing markets and the changing demographics because now the oldest person on earth is what 114 years old jeez mm, did you ever hear anybody over 100 years old my now my grandmother my great grandmother excuse me died at 104 and that was in 1955 i guess it was 56 maybe it was but she was the last person i had heard that was in her hundreds for many many years after that and then it started showing up in the news that people, I think it was that Will, Willard, Willard, Willard Scott. Scott yeah. yeah, He would show people that were over 100 years old. There are lots of people over 100 years old now. And there are tons of people in their 80s and 90s that are going and purchasing products well, every day. To be fair, at, at 100, you're probably downsizing a little bit. Right, that's exactly <laughs> that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Getting rid of in some of your stuff. But to your point. <laughs> Sid Hartman's still working at 99. He's still working. He is. Yeah. You know, He'll be 99 and being productive. And you know, he's still he's still writing a column. I don't know if it's every day, but he's right. He's writing. He's a no, productive he citizen. I mean, truly a productive citizen in the workforce at 99. So. Well, and even even the medical profession, you know, you yeah. see, I'm seeing more and more ads for Virtuel and all this stuff. It's like you yeah. know, don't bother going to the doctor's office. Just do mm-hmm. an online call, consultation. I think. People are getting smarter, so I think people, you know, Fawn's age and Sage's age are going to be a lot smarter than we are. Although we've had kind of a dip in intelligence. I don't know what the hell caused that, but it did happen. Uh, But seriously, these kids nowadays, a two-year-old kid will come up and hold a conversation with you that would have never happened 50 years ago. It's malnutrition. You don't think that there were kids that were highly verbal? Yeah, absolutely, but not not common in... uh, not a common occurrence like it is now. I mean, you got kids walking up and going, hey, I like your shirt. Where'd you get that? A two-year-old would have never asked somebody that 50 years ago. It would not have happened. I just, I love the fact that the world is growing and business is changing and all the rest of it, but we need to pay attention to it and stop trying to hold on. Again, the, the example I use is the typewriter. Nope, we're not going to change the way typewriters are, 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 are sold. We're going to keep it the same. How many typewriter companies are there now? Selectric? Zero. Well, you know. Are they still around? Yeah. IBM Selectric. Yeah. Well, you know, people still, well, for more nostalgic reasons, people use them. But when I was working in high school for a company called Royal Typewriter, uh, it was Litton. um, Yeah. Litton Paper. Litton Paper owned it. And then a German company bought it. And that's when the word processors were just starting to come out. And they were definitely going towards the word processing uh, realm and I don't know whatever happened to that company. I never kept track of it, but they were definitely. I mean, technology things weren't changing as fast as they are now. No, it yeah, you could take five years now. to That's retool true. your company back then because not everybody was jumping on the word processing bandwagon. But it, I mean, some companies were trying to keep up with technology, and I think some of yeah. them are now. But it's true, and I should mention, by the way, before we take our break here, that there is one broadcast network that does have, and I think they're all headed that way, but there's a show called The Cool Kids, which is about a retirement home and how funny people are in retirement homes. That came about because of Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. That's a fact. Hmm. They started doing it, so now some of the broadcast networks are going to do it, which is very, very smart. And we'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. 
The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life, and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Oh, Cassie's rocking out today. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Trying to keep up my energy. It's been so cloudy and gross outside. Ugh. Yeah. Well, it's good 33 again today, though, so that's good. Yeah, but it's like a drizzle, and it was really slippery out. Like, you'd step on, like, any type of cement, and it had, like, yeah. a glaze on it. And I almost slipped off a curb. Well, cement <laughs> absorbs water, which then freezes, yeah. and yeah. It, turns, it literally turns the cement into a mixture of, like, silicon and ice, which <laughs> yeah. is always fun. Let's just say I wasn't very graceful this morning getting out to my car. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, we were doing a little slipping and a sliding, yeah. peeping and a hiding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got one exactly. of those deals going. <laughs> slipping and a sliding, peeping and a hiding. I love it, ladies and gentlemen. But no, I, I think I think sometimes from generation to generation, and my generation is at fault here. We really are. People of my age cannot adjust, just like the the generation before me couldn't adjust at the wheel of typewriter companies or of, uh, you know, Sears or of Montgomery Wards or Shopco's now going out of business as well. They didn't. Uh, look, radio needs to embrace digital. They finally are doing it. Uh, hopefully they've done it in time. Yeah. We shall see. But uh, all, all businesses need to embrace the digital world. Otherwise, you're going to get left so far in the dust, you'll never find your way out. But the, uh, Don't you think? Yeah. Yes, but the, many, many times the problem is that a business who has a certain business culture and a, and a certain business model with regards to generating profits may or may not mm-hmm. be able to effectively use the digital or, or use a new technology in their thing. The prime example of that is yeah. Kodak. Kodak was making film. Right. They sold film, and they made a lot of money on selling film. It was a huge uh, markup on the whole process huge. once because it, yep. it was a mature industry. Then they said, hey, we got these cam- hey, this digital stuff's coming along. We have to have a digital camera. They were one of the first companies to release a digital camera. That's right. But You're they, right. But the profit margins were different. They were a different business model. They could not adapt to that. They went out of business, in essence. because yeah, Because of, of the cell phone. That's right. Or, because or, you could take all the move, pictures and movies you right. want with your yeah. cell phone. You don't need cameras anymore. And they just, they just lost. Which, and I don't think – now, that is something they could not have won. They should, what they should have done, I suppose, is gotten into the cell phone business. Well, they Maybe could have just started manufacturing because the companies – Android phones, I don't know about Apple, but I'm sure same with Apple – the cameras in the phones aren't made by the companies that make the phones. They buy the cameras right, exactly. and just graft them on. So Kodak could have so produced those Kodak as well, but they didn't. Yeah. Why didn't they? Because because they they just are too stagnant in their old business model. Yeah. And the idea that we yeah. put this yeah. on they the can't material, imagine a world without we, them. And we sell the chemicals, we sell the paper, we sell the film, we sell all of this sort of stuff. This is what this is how we do it. It's how we work and when you try to change to something else it's just virtually impossible that's why the newspapers they may have not have been able to buy, they would have purchased craigslist it still may not have worked for them because they may have not been able to monetize that uh certainly in the same way or in a different way because of their culture you know but you know music well, land the same, can do it music land yeah, the same way it absolutely. went up in smoke and i told did them to you do see that. but i know i know you I, I know that's true i know you told them that uh did you see by coincidence you're talking about the record business the number one selling album of the week. Now it got 83 million stream, uh, streaming, uh, what would you call that? A streaming listeners, Andy? Is that what they would be called? I have no idea how they count that anymore. 83 million streams of his new album. Okay. Do you know how many physical albums he sold? And he's the number one selling album of the week in, in the United States. 5,000. 823. <laughs> oh, wow. Yep. 
800. So there you go. <laughs> wow. Well, that's the other that thing just about, happened today. That's the other thing is that people always think that when a new technology comes out, they think that, oh, well, sure, it's more convenient and cheaper, but, you know, ours is the clearly superior way, so the new mm-hmm. thing will come and go and right. ours will stick around forever, which is almost never the case. Well, but, right. Well, Tom, when was the last time you bought a CD? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's been a long, long, long... Well, that's not true. That is not true. I bought uh, Marvin Gaye's Greatest Hits on CD because in my Mustang, because it's a 2013, it has a CD player in Still, it. Still, yeah. Then I bought you all that Motown... Not Motown. What was it? Yeah, the Soul Hits. The Soul Hits. For my birthday. She bought me like uh, 3,000 Soul Hits on many CDs. <laughs> Because <laughs> I like R and B. What he said he music. wanted for. I like R and B music so much. For his birthday. Yeah, I, I would say this. Here, here's my opinion. Now, I can talk about this part of the radio because I'm not talking about ratings. I'm talking about performance. I do think that FM radio is never going to go away because it's the free choice for people. Now, you, you, you can you listen to the ads. That's how they support the radio station. If you want your radio station to stay on, I would buy those products if I were you. Right. Yeah. So, so FM radio, I don't think is ever going to go away because it's free. So, because even if you do want, uh, you know, to listen to podcasts, you have to buy uh, all the technology to make sure that you can do that, right? So, you have to have Wi-Fi, you have to have this, you have to have that, right? Correct. Okay. But so the only thing free left is is FM radio. What they have to understand with FM radio, though, is that they're going to have to serve all of the people, not just certain blocks of people. And I would say this, that if, if, unless they change their view of how they do things in the radio business, I have three and a half years left on my deal, and I probably will retire at the end of that unless they, unless they catch up and just do digital 100% of the time. I would, so I wouldn't retire, but I would leave broadcast radio to do 100% digital because if they're not going to keep up with it, it's going to crush them. And I don't know why they're not doing it, to tell you the truth. Here's the difference between podcasting and FM radio. FM radio will always be viable if they pay attention because it'll be local. Being very, very local in your morning and afternoon shows is really, really important uh, to radio right now. Local is really a huge thing. Uh, Podcasting is more international, not only national, but it's international. Everybody around the world can listen to it. Now, uh, Joe just sent me a message saying that there's a there's a 100% digital radio station down in uh in louisville kentucky now it's through iheart and they just figured they, they they figured it out and that's it's on their fm signal now now i don't know if that's going to be local content because if it isn't it's going to hurt them you have to have local content on fm radio and then it will live forever don't you think yeah yeah they, because that's because you turn your radio on to listen to what's going on locally uh the, even you know the traffic report the, the, there's things that there's a what I said, there's a there's a pulse to uh, many commuters' mornings that is important. Getting a cup of coffee, listening yes, to the traffic absolutely. report, hearing what the weather is, seeing you know, hearing what a DJ might be saying, what music might be playing. I mean, it, there's a pulse to that for everybody, and and, and yeah, that's so it has to be local. There's a local piece of that that's key to it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I just when I said that I might leave radio in three and a half years if they don't change their view. Uh, Catherine kind of that I'd probably I'd probably leave it and go all digital and she I saw her do the fist pump. Yeah, yeah. She's been wanting me to leave for a long time now. So annoying. Uh, it is. I know it's annoying. Honey. <laughs> I, I understand that it's annoying, but um, yeah. So well, Joe just sent me a note. It says uh, it is local content and some national content. So yeah, Joe, they're doing it right. Uh, they're absolutely doing it right. It's digital, but the local content part of it is very, very important. And I would say that uh, I would instruct my staff, to tell you the truth, to go out and, and my sales staff to go out and cover all the bases. It used to be that you were wired to a couple of ad agencies, and that's all you had to do because they'd buy all your time, uh, and you were locked in and everything was good. Well, it's not like that anymore. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's the good news is it will only improve the product for the listener. So that's the good news on it, that, that it, the product's going to get better and better and better for listeners. They're just going to have to use it properly and uh, understand how to sell it properly. I'm very, very lucky. I worked at Capitol Records for six years. I learned how to do business and promotion and sales and all those things. I, I worked with some very, very smart people, 
and Joe McFadden. No, just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but anyway, it's pretty exciting. I wish we would turn from, oh, my God, what are we going to do wringing our hands to, oh, my God, this is exciting. This is very, very exciting. Don't you think that's cool? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's that's the attitude that we start should start taking so we stop worrying about what's going to happen to business, what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there in the world in general, and just be excited about the new changes and how they're going to make us better. Catherine just gave me a story that is hilarious. So perfect. Just a sign of the times. Sign of the times, ladies and gentlemen. CNN analyst Areva Martin mistakenly accused Sirius XM radio host and Fox News contributor David Webb for his white privilege because of his views on race Tuesday morning, this morning, to which Webb responded, well, I'm black. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, if you, you if, jackass yeah, if you've woman. got a different opinion than mine, it's because of your white privilege. Yep. Your white privilege. Well, I'm black, but other than that, uh, you know. When are we going to stop <laughs> that, by the way? This white man, white privilege, white, white, white. Every TV commercial now, there's everybody in it except for honky men. Oh, but, but Have now, you noticed that? But now, they, I, just, I recently saw a commercial where the black man was the stupid person. His wife was. I black. did see that. His yep. wife was black, but she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she she was a smart person. She was investigating this, and he was just a, you know, a harebrained, just thinking of one thing and another, and you know. Right. And, right. So so they're starting to portray all men as being stupid. Well, and adds all, the woman always supersedes well, it's the man. about time. Yeah. Well. Well, like in this relationship uh, over here with Catherine and me, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm always taking a back seat. It's unbelievable. <laughs> But I think I'm hoping we learn from all this that pointing the finger. Here's what I don't understand: that I'm I'm a conservative and I'm religious, and therefore I hope that all people live a magnificent life. Or I'm liberal and progressive, and I want all people to live one solid life, and that'd be fantastic. Yet both sides will attack you and shred you and try to ruin your life if you don't agree with them. How is that religious, or how is it progressive and liberal? Explain that to me, because I don't get it. But it's it's part of the toxicity of the system. It is, you, you know, know the toxicity it, of the you system. You know, it's uh, it's uh, toxic politics. That's what that's just like toxic masculinity. It's toxic uh, political yeah. action is what it is. I think it was toxic femininity that Ariva Martin did that to David Webb anyway. <laughs> <laughs> See that aggressive woman trying to bury the white man. I just you know, I mean, the, the problem. I mean, there's always been and always will be toxic people. Oh God, yes. It's not oh, necessarily yeah. a you know a reflection on your gender or your skin color. If you're just toxic, you're just toxic. No, I think that's absolutely true. I think it's wonderful. But uh, we have, you know, we move forward. Our guest. Oh, our guest is on. Uh-huh. Wonderful. Excellent. I'm glad. Well, we got about uh, two and a half minutes, but we can yes. we can do the initial introduction. Danielle DiMartino Booth. Oh, why do you get three names, Danielle? I want three names. Um, I'm sorry. Could you repeat the three name question, please? <laughs> yes, I want three. Why do you get three names? I want three names. Danielle DiMartino Booth is a great oh. name. Why don't I get a name like oh. that? Can I steal the DiMartino but, part? You're you're. you're you're a man asking that question. See, sometimes, sometimes when we get married, we have to compromise, and, and we just kind of just keep adding on to the back end. I could have had four or five. Alex has four. So. Oh, yeah. Our daughter has four names. My <laughs> my wife and I have our original our birth name. She's Brant, and I'm Barnard. And by the way, Brant and Barnard is the same name, just in different cultures. It's exactly the same. Brant and Barnard is the exact same name, but one's German and the other one's Scottish. So here's yeah, the deal. It sounds so good to, uh, to combine them. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what happened, Daniel, and that's why I brought it up, is our children, Andy Brant Bernard and Alex Brant Bernard. And by the way, we flipped a coin to see whether the Brant or the Bernard would come first. So it wasn't like, I'm the man, and therefore their last, last name is going to be mine. He that's not what it was. toxic. Yeah. No, it was not, <laughs> I was not being a toxic masculine. <laughs> toxic masculinity or whatever the hell it is. But I, I really enjoy the whole situation uh, because our daughter is Alexandra Brandt Barnard. But her name is now Alexandra Brandt Barnard Rasmussen because she got married. Yeah, she gave up her middle name and took on a different middle name. Yeah, I oh, she did. Renee. I see. Yeah, I didn't I even know that. I gave up Renee. Ah. Oh, you gave up Renee? Yeah. Oh, it's a wonderful name. I gave up Renee, yes. I'm, I, I'm named after a French 
Air Force pilot. Uh, they thought my mother was going to have a boy by how she was carrying, which gosh, sometimes mm, uh, I actually miss that era of medical science. Um, and carrying they just low. added an E onto Daniel and added an E onto Renee, and they just kept going after I was born. Oh, I think it's magnificent. I think it's clear thinking. I think it's a great idea. I do love that whole idea of so. But Grenade's a wonderful name. I'm, I'm, that's too bad you had to give that up, or you wanted to give that up, I guess. Well, you can only you can only put so much on the driver's license. Danielle, Renee, Martino right. Booth. As it is, when I go on TV, they're like, "Could we get the the shorter version?" And I'm like, "Nope, choose a smaller font. Let's move on." <laughs> Right. we got to take a very, very quick break here, Danielle. We'll be right back, and then we have an entire segment to talk to you about Fed Up, an insider's take on why the Federal Reserve is bad for America. I love this conversation. We'll be right back with Danielle DiMartino Booth, Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority's also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. I love this song. Beatles did a great version of this song. The original's great too, though. Danielle DiMartino Booth, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called Fed Up, an insider's take on why the Federal Reserve is bad for America. Um, Danielle, I will say this. I, I get so frustrated talking about this every day uh, where the, the people of America have to pick up the tab for everybody else around the world. Uh, people sit around. Look, I, I, taking care of, of the infirm, um, the mentally uh, challenged, the people who actually are sick, dr- you know, serious drug addictions and all the rest of it. But there are people that have taken that free ride, too. And now we get people, uh, these new politicians. By the way, Danielle, I hate politicians. I just hate them more every day. <laughs> I, I, Is that a problem? You know, that, that really didn't come across. No, that was, I'm happy to point that out because it was a little subtle at first. There's such frauds. They get, they get on television uh, and they say, oh, this shutdown's just really hurting people. People are having to sell their clothing to buy food. It's horrible. I got to get on a plane now and fly to Puerto Rico or to Hawaii <laughs> to one of these, uh, one of these pack gatherings. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, it, I got to go right now. But those poor people are suffering while I'm in Puerto Rico drinking like a fish on somebody's yacht. God, I hate politicians so much. Yeah, you know, I'm not so I'm, sure that they shouldn't have given them just a, a quick splash course in optics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a quick one. Just a quick <laughs> little optics. That doesn't look good. Just it doesn't quick. look good. You there standing here with your shirt <laughs> off on the beach, talking about what a bitch it is for most people. Uh, Unbelievable. Those poor bastards. Danielle, I'll shut up now because I'll just get all wound up and angry, and I want to listen to you <laughs> because I might learn something which is very good for me. Let, let's learn. Let's learn together because I'h God knows I'm learning from you. <laughs> <laughs> learning never to call back again. I can hear that in your tone. No, that's not no, true. No, um, no, no, no. No, I, I can get just as wound up about the Fed as you are about our, our politicians because our central bankers have, have been the most political in generations. 
There is no question about that. We talked, uh, been talking recently about uh, the fact, in my opinion, and it's been this way for a long, long time, that our politicians, basically the political system in America is organized crime. There's no question that it is organized crime. And somebody, one of our listeners, sent me this magnificent cartoon where a little boy walks up to his dad who's reading the newspaper, and the little boy says, Dad, I'm going to get into a life of organized crime and his dad responds, government or private sector? <laughs> That's Isn't that one? It is. So, so what's the deal with the Fed? Teach me about the Federal Reserve. Well, so for years and years, and, and you know, there's, there's been a certain bitter irony to, uh, to Jay Powell's coming into the Fed. Of course, he's the first Republican uh, really to lead the Fed since Paul Volcker, given that Ben Bernanke renounced his, uh, mm-hmm. his con- conservative leanings after he left office. Um, but there was a lot of anxiety and worry and concern that Jay Powell was going to be political because President Trump was leaning on him. And I, I sat mm-hmm. back and I, I, I shook my head and I, I said to myself, how exactly were the three predecessors who drove the cost of borrowing artificially into the ground and sanctioned and financed, uh, you know, the largest ex- expansion of the social safety net since FDR was in office, how exactly were they not political? And it's, it's truly a question that stumps everybody. And you don't, you don't have to be political because somebody is tweeting about you. You have to be political if you're malleable and you don't make policy regardless of what politicians would or would not prefer, and you just make policy mm-hmm. for the sake of who will benefit the most throughout our economy. And it's been a very long time since anything that noble has occurred at the Federal Reserve. Oh, God. And, and, and in our government, as a matter of fact. We've been talking quite a bit lately about the fact that uh, student loans were privatized by a previous president. One of the worst ideas in the history of the world, because now all the colleges jacked up their tuition and the people who went after uh, followed that lead and invested in the banks, which gave out the student loans, which are now privatized. And you cannot file bankruptcy against them. They're guaranteed they will get paid back. Uh, now our colleges are out of sight and they're unaffordable by most people without going into two, three hundred thousand dollars in debt. Right. Well, if you want to get a, a secondary education beyond that initial um, undergraduate degree, if you right. truly want to have a, a, a job that pays, then you do need to get that second degree. You do need to get a master's or an MD or, 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 or a JD, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and and I, I actually push back a little bit. I think that I think that had Alan, had Alan Greenspan not held rate at artificially low levels for as long as he did, that it wouldn't have been right. quite as easy for Americans to tap the home equity in their homes and therefore and, 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 and thereby plow that into higher education. And when the housing bubble bursts, which all bubbles inevitably do burst, there was only one recourse for students, and that was going out and tapping Uncle Sam. And because and, right. the great, vast, vast, vast majority of student loans are guaranteed by people called taxpayers. And so yep. and that was the only avenue that, that high school students have. And somebody told them the lie that they all needed to go get degrees in the first place. So there's, <laughs> there's, there's a, don't push my higher education button. It's, it's a bad place to go because we, we don't need the average electrician in this country to be 55 years old that's why they charge us so much you know had we not gotten rid of vocational training which by the way germans did not we would have younger electricians and and we wouldn't cry every time the toilet started to leak no you're 100 right opinion. that's exactly it no you're right on the money being told that you have to get a college degree is insane we need people with skills in other areas as well Obviously, you need a college education, and he says secondary education, uh, a secondary degree, I should say, uh, in, in certain callings. It sure. depends on what kind of job you want. Look, I'm in radio. I've been in radio for 48 years, so the fact that I finished sixth grade was probably enough. <laughs> okay. I was waiting for you to argue, but apparently you're not going to argue that point with me. You're just going to, okay, never mind. Well, she had nowhere to go. (laughs) She had no place to go without comment. That's right. You had nowhere to go on that one. 
So what do, we sit back as, as uh, American citizens and we're paying taxes. And, and as I said, I think it's Ocasio-Cortez wants to raise the top rate to 70 percent. In Minnesota, that would mean that eight out of every ten dollars you earn would go to either the state or the federal government, making life impossible to live. If you own a business and you're paying fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. So yep. I don't know yeah. how, after, how we're we going to move forward. Yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, seriously, you know, it's, it's just... It's a, it's a good question. Look, look there, yeah. people don't want to pay the piper. People do not right. want for there ever to be a price to pay. Uh, Jay Powell, who is the new head of the Federal Reserve, he came into his position really talking tough, and he gave me great faith that he might allow investors in the stock market to lose money. It's not that that's what I want. It's that it's not the central bank's duty to forestall losses in the stock market. It's, it's speculative, and it's, it's a forum in which we take risks because there's a chance of losing money. And it didn't take him very long in office before he backed off of that. And now it, yeah. it appears that he also is being influenced by politicians. It's terrible. Maybe they should give central bankers that same little tutorial on optics that they give new people in Congress. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I need to read a, a paragraph from uh, the description of your book. We're talking to Danielle DiMartino Booth about Fed Up and Insider's take on why the Federal Reserve is bad for America. You, now, you look really good in, the, in this, uh, in this uh, little thing I'm going to read here. So, so get, just gird your loins. You look really good in this, okay? I'm girding. Okay. <laughs> After correctly predicting the housing crash of 2008 and quitting her high-ranking Wall Street job, Danielle DiMartino Booth was surprised to find herself recruited as an analyst at the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas, one of the regional centers of our complicated and widely misunderstood Federal Reserve System. She was shocked to discover just how much tunnel vision, arrogance, liberal dogma, and abuse of power drove the core policies of the Fed. What a great paragraph that is. I love that paragraph. Look, I am, I am I'm the least political person you will ever know, but right. I'm also having no agenda means that I can call them like I see them, and that's exactly what I saw. Yeah, I tell you, Danielle, you, you and I are in, in trouble because I am a centrist as well. I'm not, uh, I was raised a Democrat. My mother was an ardent Democrat. I tried being a Republican, and I didn't really care about that either. So I'm basically a, a, a centrist leaning on libertarian, I guess. But I'm a centrist. I, I'm not a very political person, in, other than the fact that I cannot stand the far edges of our, of, of our politics in this country. And I'm talking about both sides. Uh, we need to calm down, don't you think? Well, I think um, th- the next time I hear anybody on the far left or the far right say we need to come together, I, I wish somebody <laughs> in the audience would stand up and say, then you need to be quiet. <laughs> it's as simple as that, because yeah. until the extremists shut up, none of us are going to come yeah. together. They're just, they're, their sole aim is to divide the country. When people say right. people and, need to come yep. together, what they mean is people need to stop disagreeing with me. Yeah. Because technically, yeah, then we exactly. would all be together, but that's also not... <laughs> you can't just say, okay, well, let's uh, all admit yeah, it that if, I was always yeah, if right. If you don't buy into my, you know... Yep. Exactly. If, if you don't... And, and I saw the same exact thing at the Fed... If you don't buy into my myopic view of the world, then you're wrong and you need to be quiet. And let me know once you're in agreement with me and then you can open your mouth again. Mm-hmm. And, and why on earth why on earth would that get under people's skin? Gee, I just don't know. I have to uh, read something to you. I just received a message from a listener who says, how is it possible that Danielle DiMartino Booth has the job and had the jobs that she had and she's only 16 years old? Apparently, this guy thinks you sound like you're about 16 well, years old. <laughs> well, That's know, quite listen, a compliment. Don't... When you graduate before you're potty trained, you, you go far in this world. That's the way it happens. No, yeah. I mean, you do have a very youthful-sounding voice. So we'll go 16, 17. I'll, I'll go 18. We'll say you graduated. Although, uh, our good buddy... Alan with the Simpsons. He uh, started uh, school at uh, at Harvard when he was four, uh, 16 years old. He graduated Harvard, I think, when he was 16. Pretty impressive. 
hey, these things happen. That 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 is the stuff of American dreams. But it's what it we've is. forgotten You're right. can be the American dream. You need to call in like every day now because you and I agree on every single thing you've brought up. I agree with everything you say. You're 100% right. We, we've lost what America used to be, and we, yeah, we need to move forward. We need to improve on a lot of things, obviously, what happened to groups, entire groups of people, whether it be you know, their skin color or their orientation or their gender or whatever. It should have never happened. But to blame it on today's uh, people is a huge mistake. They had nothing to do with it. Let's all get together, uh, try to live together. That would be a wonderful thing. I'd enjoy that immensely. And I think we make a lot of progress. But this, what we're doing right now is lining the pockets of, of our politicians with tons and tons of money because they pretend they care about immigrants coming here through Mexico when all they care about is, oh, if they get here, they might vote for yep. me. That really disturbs me, Daniel. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're exporting American educated PhDs. How much sense does mm-hmm. that make? None. I know, none, Daniel. None, okay. none. You're right. No, but, but I know it's going to put a lot of pressure on you, but you have to call in every day now because we have to talk every day. I learn things. I love learning things, Danielle. This is, this is such good news. Did you know that because I was already on Wall Street before I was potty trained, I'm actually moving into retirement approximately in an hour. This is good. I've got plenty of time on my hands. <laughs> an hour? You're going to retire in an hour. Sure, of course. I like we're, it. We're just speeding up time me. here, given that I'm 16. I just, <laughs> I, I, now, where, where do you think, did you, did, you know, you hit the books hard. Did you have, were you influenced by your mother and father, your mother, your father? Who was your great influence in your life? My, you know, my mother was my true great influence. I would wake mm-hmm. up and she would go education and I would be like, I can't spell it. And she's like, just do it. Um, and, you know, she, she, and, and she was a very, very hardworking woman, and she, she's still my best friend to this day. And she taught me the, the lessons about never quitting. And, and those are things that you learn by example. And, and that, is, yep. that is who yep. I'm trying to convey. I, 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 I make sure that all four of my children, uh, by the way, I, <laughs> I had those um, in a Petri dish with a surrogate, and that took just nine months because it was four different sure. Um, I'm kidding. Sure. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but, but, but that is my mother's an ever-present, you know, person in my children's life as well for that same reason, because I want for them to see multiple generations of, of American success stories. I always ask people who make sense to me and say very intelligent things. I always ask them, was it your mother, your father? Was it both? Was it a grandparent? Somebody on a really even keel basis and a clear thinker influenced you and you can tell that because you're doing a great job carrying it forward so congratulations thank you it's true come back soon please really i want come back really soon i want to talk to you i will, some more I, will. I, I, I i look forward to it most most i look most forward to it and um y'all have a great day you too. Danielle DiMartino Booth, fed up, an insider's take on why the Federal Reserve is bad for America. I love her take on every single thing. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.